Genre. everyone and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 1990 live action Turtles movie one reporter staring right at the screen into your soul minute at a time. I am your host Scott Tofty and with me again at minute number 38 are Chris O'Connor, happy hump day, Rachel Gatlin, hi, and Adam Sheehan, Bossa Nova, Chevy Nova, <laughs> Ford us- Nova. Ford Nova, what? What? <laughs> what? Joining know. us for minute number 38 once again, third time in a row this week, our special guest from Princess Bride Minute, Mr. Jonathan Carlisle. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, hello. I'm all bashful sitting on the couch now. Aw, a Aww. couch? What a comfy setup for recording. I'm not really. Just I was referencing Raphael in this minute. Well, you didn't have to tell oh, me because oh, I would have oh, believed yeah. you. I can't see you. <laughs> Um, anyway, welcome back. Are you having fun so far? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're getting into minute 38 and we're getting into some of the real good stuff for this week. Um, as a matter of fact, this minute starts with, uh, uh, Charles Pennington. Well, April O'Neil's the last part of her staring at the uh, camera in black and white and fades into Charles Pennington getting a phone call he doesn't want, Ugh. Mm. uh, from a, let's, let's just say sourpussed police chief. Mm-hmm. It ends with a confrontation with Raphael and Leo and the start of one of the greatest gags in this film. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't finish it. We get another cliffhanger, just like we did with the Shredder a couple minutes ago. Yeah, it gets stepped so, on. Yeah, stupid minutes not lining up properly. <laughs> um, so Chief Stearns saw that report. He is fast. was immediately on the phone. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got Charles Pennington on speed dial. He probably quick. just had the phone in his hand while watching it, going like, <laughs> I know, I know I'm going to have to call this yeah, guy. She's going to mess it. up. I'm going to have to call. Um, But even to get through the switchboard to like the, the, the news station, get the receptionist to be like, I need to talk to Charles Pennington and have her go find him and like give him the phone. Like, man, that happened fast. She didn't even finish the sentence yet. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, when you consider that he gets handed the phone from oh yeah, that he yeah. he was ready to go. He was just you, like you are talking about something I don't want you to talk about. I oh. love sort of the slight visual comedy of just the hand inserting itself into the scene holding the cell phone like the hand from nowhere. Right. Or it's just a regular phone, I believe. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. A oh, cell did phone. I say cell phone? I'm sorry. Just holding you did it. Say See, cell I can't phone. even say telephone anymore. I've been so indoctrinated into modern culture. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. There's also, anyway, there, there's a lot of reflections and doubles in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of surprised we didn't get like a shot of the camera in, the, in like in the reflection. Yeah. There. yeah, I was guessing that was why he when he when he turns and he's getting the phone to his ear, he's got a lot of uh, light shining off his glasses. And I, I yeah. only assume that because they've got so many reflections going already, that that maybe uh, they had to shine a light at his face just to keep from showing where the cameras actually were or something. <laughs> yeah, possibly. That's a lot of angles and geometry that I don't want to think about. <laughs> Math. Um, yeah. but man, Chief Stearns just lights into him real bad. Oh. I thought we had a deal. The deal being, <laughs> the deal being, of course, you talk to your reporter and get her to get off my back, and 
I don't know. What was Charles getting in return? Uh, his son Danny out of doesn't jail. Get oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's presumably, right. presumably, there's a bolo out for Danny, and they're like, "We got to bring this kid in with a vengeance." Oh yeah, does that <laughs> just like do they just go after him now? I would think so. That would be the only way to keep the local news reporters in line. Mm. But like, on what charges at that point? Like, at what charges would they then bring Danny in? Yeah, it is April very saying easy something for on cops TV? to come up with charges. Resisting arrest. <laughs> Also, th- th- this bit kind of hits on one of my movie pet peeves of someone being handed a phone, them putting the phone to their ear, and the other person, the person on the other end, just talking. Yeah, like he doesn't know that he has Charles on the phone at all. He had- Charles didn't say hello. This is Charles. Or like go Presumably for Charles. The secretary says here he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, we need you to start yelling in approximately six and a half seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Charles is addicted to like antacids at this point in his career? Because he's got to oh, yeah. have some like pretty high blood pressure and heartburn, and yeah. he has a hole in his stomach at this <laughs> point. He has an if, if you know, if this was shot like the way it is now, he'd be a little more overweight, you know, to fit in with the national averages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's definitely in a bad place health wise. Yeah, I feel like. If they had included a scene where he's or a, a trope where he's kind of like just every once in a while sucking down some Maylocks, like, <laughs> yeah, like popping it would a just, it would just be a little too cliche. Or just <laughs> drinking a bottle of Pepto like it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> just like he has this it poor in his guy. pocket. <laughs> they do that in Airheads. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. Of course you've seen that movie. Everyone's There's seen that, that scene movie. with Joe Montana drinking a uh, a bottle of Pepto and a beer at the same time. <laughs> Which one is Airheads? Is that with the uh, the, the Lone Rangers? Brendan yes. Fraser and, and like, Adam Sandler is it Steve, and Steve Buscemi? Buscemi? Yeah, Steve Buscemi. Oh, man. Right. If, if the no Lone one's Rangers. Called, oh, I love that movie. If oh. no one's called Airheads Minute yet, I want it. <laughs> Dibs. It's mine. Ah. <laughs> ah. Now, it, can we just is do all like awful about- 90s movies minute? Is that a yes. podcast we can do? I, yeah. I'm on board. Oh, yes. you know what? And you could do that and just be like a different minute from a different movie each time. Ooh. That Ooh. would be fun. You could go through all of the Adam Sandler stuff because honestly, who wants to do a whole Adam Sandler movie? <laughs> That's true. Uh. Jonathan, you were saying. Uh, yeah, is is Charles' stress all from Danny? Because, like, okay, so if he didn't have cool. the Danny situation right now, like, there'd be no reason for him to be stressed out, right? Oh, no. Or no? He well, there's still, April he, making there's his the life. April yeah, he'd still be getting pre- he would still be getting pre- pushback from City Hall, from, from Chief Stearns. He'd still be getting a lot of grief over April's reporting. It's just that it wouldn't have the added leverage of, you know, his little criminal juvenile son. I think without sure. April so, in his life... The Danny situation goes away. Yeah, are right. without April in his life, Danny wouldn't exist. <laughs> I'm still on the whole April is Danny's mother and Charles' illicit yeah. lover. That is definitely theory. that is still I'm, my I'm theory. into that. That's my theory. <laughs> All, along with Casey Jones, like sad father of dead children. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh God, this show is going to be a riot. <laughs> we get dark, man. In we a go sad, there. Sad, sad yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so let's move on through that. Charles is obviously blood pressure through the roof. And then April starts telling her story about her hero that rescues her out of the subway. And she starts spinning this tale saying, not all New Yorkers turn the other way. I want to thank one person. And we cut to this scene of Raphael making the stupidest puppet grin I've ever seen. Mm. It's He looks like somebody 
but I can't. He almost looks like Jack Nicholson as the Joker in that <laughs> shot at like He's 28 like, oh, seconds me? in. Wait till they Wait get, till a, load they get a load of it. Oh, man. We just did that at the same time. <laughs> yeah, Raph's, Raph's sitting there thinking she's talking about me. She's going to say my name. <laughs> oh, she said it. Yeah. And then, but in. then when she does, he immediately gets embarrassed by it. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I really enjoy how his brothers do. You know how, like, in the cafeteria in high school, someone drops their tray and, like, everyone claps for him? And it's, yeah, like, a little yeah. bit of, like, okay, we're we're going to rip uh-huh. on you a little bit. This is the teenager aspect of them that I like in in this movie. Like, we get this teenage moment of, like, they notice their brother is, like, a little embarrassed. He's got a crush mm-hmm. on a girl. And they all just pounce on him mercilessly. Studly. St- <laughs> yes. Donatello certainly has a way with words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, because uh was just last minute we had uh Mikey saying that she was such a babe. Um but now they're teasing the, you know, the So is I guess what I'm saying is Mikey jealous at all that Oh yeah. That, Sure, Probably. and he just doesn't know how to handle those feelings, so he gets angry about it or he gets yeah. uh uh he, he has to lash brother. out. Yeah. Yeah, he has to lash out. No. He's like, oh, my frustrated turtle horniness. <laughs> God. Frustrated turtle horniness would not be a find good a croc. band name. Chris, would you stop with the turtles and the crocs already? Nope. Nope. Never oh, gonna stop. God. Have you seen these videos, Mike? Or Mike Jonathan? Jesus, Michelangelo. Uh, no. Um, just do me a favor before our next minute, before you come back on Thursday, Google turtles. And Croc, like the shoe. No. <laughs> Not that again. No. <laughs> You're welcome. No. <laughs> what can I say? You're welcome. But we're no. not, <laughs> not going to talk about it now. Uh, um, okay. We'll so Raphael gets a little embarrassed. We can see some pretty blatant neck seams on the turtle puppets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Michelangelo is wet. Yeah, Raphael is very well, dry and looks like the texture of a uh, Spalding basketball. Well, maybe mm-hmm. that's what blushing looks like on turtles. Maybe they dry then. out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know they're amphibians, so it's got to be entirely different physiological response. Well, that's true. That's very. They true. get goosebumps when they blush. I guess. Uh, they have yes, scales, yeah. don't they? Uh, yeah, no. they are a little scaly. Their legs are. N- no, they have like a their 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 bellies are like their shell part sort of is scaled, but I don't think that amphibian skin like their like their necks and their faces and their legs. I don't. Well, well, I don't think snapping turtles have scales of of some yeah. sort. Hmm. I remember the I turtles know. I had as a kid had scales. Mm. Some biologist or zoologist is going to be like, I know the answer. I'm sure we yeah. have we a lot us, of please. Those yeah, it's it's like we, we have our <laughs> martial arts expert. We have you know the puppeteer. We have the the it's Scott who lives in New York. Who geeks but we out don't have anybody thing. in we, you know like we stem. don't have a biologist on hand. That's what we're missing. Jonathan, yeah. you're not like a secret <laughs> biologist, are you? Oh my god! You know that uh, would actually no. be like a great uh, of all the. Of all the sciences, that was the one that I was least interested in. Yeah. Uh, sorry. 
it would be a great thing for like just a biological perspective on all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like mutations. Like just just do like a, a once a week podcast with like a geneticist, a biologist, a zoologist, um, an evolutionary, you know, people, experts in their fields and ask them. So if we were to expose baby turtles next to humans and rats and like a manta ray and a warthog and a rhinoceros, <laughs> what sort of a mutated anthropogenic uh, thing could we expect and how good at ninjaing would it be? <laughs> so I'm going to put the call out there. If any of you want to join our weekend edition and talk about that with us, you zoologist, biologist, email us at tmntminute at gmail.com and you can tell Chris how none of that stuff is possible. Or, or yeah, even like, like in, infotainment scientists. Like, can we get Adam Savage and Bill Nye on an episode? Oh my god! If you're out really there, cool. I would love it. And then Neil deGrasse Tyson would be like, "You're all dumb." Uh, <laughs> He'd be like, "Why are we even so talking cool about this?" It, and it would be the happiest moment of my life. <laughs> I don't know if I could hold a conversation with Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, I could. It, it, it'd be like. Like, him talking to us would be like us talking to Bold, I feel like. Almost. Or a puppy. No, that or a would puppy. Not, I would have so many questions about Cosmos. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah, I love it so much. Show. I haven't um, read his book yet. I have it, but I haven't read it yet. I have a couple of his books. Yeah, They're hard to finish, I'll say that much. Then again, yeah, any right. book for me is really kind of yeah. That's well, nice. I, I just I, I went through a bunch of Sagan stuff, and right now I'm on uh, a brief history of time by by um, Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Oh, nice. that's a that's yeah. a, a dense one too, man. Yep, yep. That's, I'm, but I definitely I have Neil deGrasse Tyson's like Death by Black Hole sitting on my on my shelf. Yeah, that's the one I started reading. It's really I'm reading some Star Wars actually. books, guys. Aww. <laughs> I tried I tried to reread like the Thon the Thrawn trilogy stuff, like the Zahn, like you know, Admiral oh, Thrawn stuff. stuff. I I'm having a little trouble getting back through. It's a little yeah. Lord of the Ringsy in it's, that it's mm, kinda like heavy on the It is not as it's not as good as I remembered. But I read, anyway. I read it when I was like twelve. Anyway, let's maybe back talk to, about turtles. Back to yeah. the Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles. I, I read some uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics recently. Oh hey, cool. Yeah. That's hey, on John. Topic. Yeah. See, that's good. <laughs> oh, there was hey, so when we recorded this, it was recently free comic book day. And as an aside, yeah. um, I picked up two turtle comics. I picked up IDW uh, uh, a, a sort of a I guess a, a, a short story thing that they put out. And then there's also IDW put out a Ninja Turtles comic, but it's done in the Funko vinyl. Yeah, God, that's terrible. So like it's no. set in the 87 cartoon series, but they're all drawn like Funko pop figures. It's actually <laughs> uh, kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan, it's fun, but uh. like it totally could have been an episode of the TV show. Jonathan, do you read the IDW books at all? Uh, no, I, I've been wanting to, and I don't know what that means. It's good. It's. I, mean, I, I feel like I'm the only one here who reads them. <laughs> is there two of them? Is there? There's a universe, and then just well, the, the universe is the new one. It just started, okay. but and then there was a whole regular run of like sixty some odd issues before that. Right? They're, they're both still going on. They're both kind of. They're both canon. It's kind of like oh, okay. X Men and the Uncanny X Men. It's like they're both telling the same story, but kind of out of continuity. If well, that makes I, sense, I will say that I just picked up. Uh, the universe number three because it has a variant cover by ryan lee and uh, he's kind of a local guy here so um mm. and I, I read it and i was like you know what um i actually would like to continue reading this so it's good yeah, they're stuff good. yeah idw does good stuff 
Um, and totally. uh, universe Train has, is derailed. Yeah, very much. <laughs> universe has some cool stuff with uh, Donatello and um, Metalhead. They they kind of become the same person at some point. It's mm. interesting. Anyway, um, so someday so anyway, I'll have someone to geek out about IDW turtles with. It's not today. Well, we'll we'll do it on a weekend. We'll find somebody. <laughs> Um, Raphael makes the, the face when April talks about him and then he gets teased and he immediately results, uh, the immediate result is anger. He whips his sigh yeah. at Donatello's, oh. uh, nether Wait, most and it's, his sigh is apparently the most toxic of masculinity. Yes. It's sharp enough to land in the, the hardwood floor or whatever yeah. that floor is and stick to it. But we've seen it, it yeah. has kind of a like, blunt tip before. Yeah. So. Well, if you, if you, if you put enough force on like, you know. A box, it'll penetrate. So they're just ruining April's floor at this. Yeah, point. they're just ruining they that are. ugly oh, linoleum. <laughs> but but also like size could. I don't think his have them, but size can have points. And one of the techniques that was like uh, common in their usage is to carry like three of them. And the reason you carry three is you take the first one and you throw it into somebody's foot, and then you kill them with the other two. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's lovely. So maybe that's his third side that we rarely see. Maybe. Hmm. Um, I just I, there's a couple things in this part that I like. One, the fact that Raphael's like, I lo- I don't like girls. You're stupid, and he throws <laughs> the thing. It's like, okay, are you actually just seven uh, years old? You're like they, a preteen mutant yeah. ninja yeah. turtle. He can't deal with they, his emotions. No, and the other thing, in a healthy way that I like is the like this actual trick of filming this. Like I watched this a few times. And I tried to figure out how they did it. Like, I'm like, did they just cut to a shot of the Psy already in the ground and, like, whip the camera? But no, you actually see the Psy flying through the air and penetrate the floor. And I'm very curious as to how they achieved that without severely risking the nards of the stuntman in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Any thoughts? I watched, it, I watched it, too. I even uh, kind of looked at it. You know, maybe they did a reverse thing, but it doesn't really look like that. It looks like they're reacting to it in, in a forward motion. I, I don't know. Adam, you did film stuff. How did they do this? Uh, let me watch it again. R- Rachel currently has it like on freeze framed on what looks like Michelangelo looking at Donnie's nards. <laughs> We've been looking at that for quite a <laughs> yeah, while. Yeah, it's been on our screen for me. Actually... All right, you watch that again. I'm going to give my theory as to how this happened. I almost think they had it like in a crossbow so that they could aim it around some contraption where they can get a very precise aim and they actually just shot the side down because there's no way you're actually going to get someone to throw that with their hands unless they're sure. like a professional knife thrower, like a circus act or something. Which exists. And have it land that way. They do exist. I just feel like the insurance company that underwrites the movie is oh, probably going to be like, you can't really do that. Well, and then I was like, by well, 1990, maybe Donatello... Yeah. Uh, and I was like, maybe Donatello is the, the actor in the suit is not actually, maybe the legs are fake. Maybe it's like one of those things where just the, the head is there. Is, like, yeah, the head is there or he's just like, his legs are actually like going through holes in the floor and the legs are fake legs. I'm I, stumped so, on this. So I had a, yeah, I, I had a couple I, thoughks, but I don't know which well, one. Was I right. mean, like, I, I, I don't know, like, uh, by 1990, like lawyers were already super duper in place and there was no way I, I, can't imagine that someone was actually sitting there and that they threw the thing now to get back to like i think i mentioned it the other day like uh mifune like uh and and you know the japanese movies like uh the samurai and all that stuff the way they did like uh shots in japan in like the 60s was for for shots of weapons being thrown or or particularly arrows being shot 
was amazing. I don't know if this happened in the States with like Westerns or anything, but like if you watch like the seven samurai or, or some of the movies uh, in there, when you see somebody get hit with an arrow, what's being done is the stunt man is wearing a wooden vest and being shot no by an way. expert archer. But there's that Good scene Lord. in like Throne of Blood where he gets hit in the neck. Like how did they do that? That one would be different. But like <laughs> any any shot any shot where you see somebody generically gets hit in the chest with uh, an arrow is someone standing there having a wooden plank under their shirt and being shot by a, an expert archer. There's no way that would fly in Hollywood, man. No Maybe way. Maybe we'll have to tweet to Steve Barron and see if he can answer that question for us. <laughs> Because I, if you guys are stumped, I'm stumped. If any of our listeners have any idea how that shot happened, is it as simple as just like they shot a sigh or they threw a sigh into the floor? Like that doesn't seem simple. No, that's no. That's it seems like a very complex yeah. thing to do. If if throwing sighs happened more often in the movie, I could imagine that they made up some sort of a, th- a sigh throwing contraption, but some sort of rig. I think this is the only time that. They that he like throws it like that, right? Um, into something, yeah, I think so. It seems to be the only time. Maybe it, I mean, um, we don't actually see it stick in the floor, maybe it just lands and they added that sound later. I don't yeah, know, yeah, they could just I mean, add we a see thud. it stick to something. It, there could have been something down there that it was easier to stick into. I'm sure it probably wasn't actually a wooden floor, cork board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there like, has to be some it like camera trick. It, like it, it could just be like a plastic, you know, prop, and they're throwing it into like foam core board. Oh, that's true. I yeah. suppose it doesn't have to be a real sigh, but it like does. It, it like very rarely is. when it hits. Like it goes like a da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm stumped. Um, I never thought of that before. It definitely looks like uh, it, it looks like it's on the it's a trajectory, you know. So it doesn't look like it's spinning like someone threw it. As, mm-hmm. as he's doing so i kind of like the idea that maybe they shot it out of something and yeah directly down but uh, otherwise I, I can't see anything obvious that that uh that he might not just be sitting there i'm just watching this again and the thought occurs to me we see donatella holding the remote and i just thought how funny for a moment i just i'm pretending it's a cell phone <laughs> and like it's just totally changing my entire perspective of donatella he's just playing angry birds <laughs> it's just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like it like this version of Donatello would totally be the guy who's like always on his cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so we get a little bit of an argument that is starting between Leo and Raph. Raphael, as we've talked before, is so connected to Splinter. Like he he wants to be the most concerned all the time. He is probably the closest emotionally to Splinter and the one yeah. who needs him the most. So he's like, okay, now let's get to business. How do we get him back? And of course, we he gotta save Leo dad. Leo's sort of the leader, whether Raph likes it or not. Like Leo's the person to ask and Leo's stumped. It's tough situation, but I do like, uh, that right before the minute ends, we get Mikey and Fight? Johnny. Fight? Yeah. Fight? Um, yeah. <laughs> That that line, and we all know how it ends, and mm-hmm. how it comes back several times throughout the movie. Once again, comedy rule of three. <laughs> um, but Jonathan, we came up with this little uh, observation that Michelangelo and Donatello are sort of buddied up a lot in this movie. Is that something you've ever noticed? Oh yeah, uh, probably because of 
of these scenes though, like this minute and the next couple minutes, that's that's probably where my memory of it comes from is is uh watching them react to to the other guys. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting to me because you don't see those two get paired up a lot in any other version of the turtles. I think that's probably just to I don't know, to to draw some focus onto the the Leonardo Raphael conflict. Yeah, I like it. These... We named them Donatangelo. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess I guess it's nice that you don't really see them like taking sides. That they just kind of like, eh, okay, well, we'll skip on over to the other room. Yeah, they've seen this before. Fight, fight. <laughs> uh, and that's that's the end of the minute. Um, closing thoughts for this minute. Well, we must have done our job this week. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> or today, rather. Yeah. I was going to say, you don't eat. Come on, you don't need to ask us that. You already got all our thoughts. Yeah. All right, we got them all. Well, what are you, in Jerry case, Springer? <laughs> and now to my final thought. My final thought. Um, turtles can blush. <laughs> Brothers can love and also hate. But the most important thing that we need to remember is never throw your sigh at your brother's nuts. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you tomorrow on Ninja Turtles Minute. Goodbye, everybody. That was beautiful. Bye. See you Thursday. Cowabunga. 